The gospel just proclaimed is striking. Uh, when you first hear it, it has much greater impact. Uh, many times we become a little too familiar with text of the scriptures and it loses some of its stinging power, if you will. St. Luke enumerates very significant people in his day and time. Everybody would have been concerned about these famous, powerful leaders in the world. And then he says, the word of God didn't come to any of them. <laughs> came to John, son of Zechariah, in the desert. Who? <laughs> That's a nobody. He ain't in the news. <laughs> What's this about? It's odd, strange. John the Baptist is an Advent figure, and he is us. We are in a desert in this world. It always is. It's nothing new. Time of Luke time of now. All the powers of the worlds, we can enumerate them today. Is the word of God coming to them? Mm, doubt it. Doesn't look like it. How would you know? Well, it's very simple. There will be evidence that God is really the center of their life. They welcome this announcement that there is one who is coming, one who is more significant than all the ones in the news. Very interesting that um, there is a recent book that I've just completed reading. It's an assessment of our situation of today and how people of faith can address, you know, the current circumstances. And there are different people who have different, you know, approaches to this. I thought it was very insightful. Um, his name is Father Dwight Longenecker, and he wrote the book Beheading Hydra, which is a most intriguing symbol. Anyway, his uh, encouragement is that what we need to be today in our own day and time is like John the Baptist, and the way he describes it is simply this way. We need to be creatively subversive. What's that? Well, that's John. That's John in the, Bap the Baptist in the desert, in a spirit of solitude, not away from, not, you know, cut off from the world. He is engaged with people, you know, as he is proclaiming, get ready, prepare the way. Uh, but it's, he's a person who really makes the word of God so central it orients his whole life, not just a little bit. He ain't doing a Bible study out there, folks. <laughs> He's living this word of God. He's making this so important to him that everything in his life is oriented by what God says, not by what the popular opinions are, what the newsmakers say, the powers that be, you know, what they say. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> what does God say? That's my life. I live off of that word. 
And so he is so centered, he is very simplified in his lifestyle, uh, a lesson for all of us. <laughs> uh, one of the big problems that Father Dwight uh, identifies is materialism, where we think more things, bigger, faster, better, is going to really make us happy. Bull feathers. It ain't, it won't, it can't. But boy, do we buy it. The stores are filled right now. <laughs> We're looking for the material stuff that'll make everybody happy for a little while, two seconds, <laughs> and it don't work. <laughs> so what's the answer to that? Well, you be creatively subversive. I'll give you a little example of it. I've been doing this for years. Some people still think I'm strange, good. <laughs> John the Baptist, I, I go with him. I follow his lead. I do no gift giving until January 6th. You got good deals after Christmas, you know. <laughs> I ain't dumb. <laughs> I don't get into this hassle. This is Advent. This is not Christmas yet. The world thinks it's Christmas. No, it isn't. <laughs> look, at look. You see any Christmas here? <laughs> this is Advent. We're waiting. We're yearning. We're crying out. We have a need for a savior not for a happy time, for more parties, more reasons to escape the world. Nah. <laughs> we enter into the truth, into the mystery. What is the message of John, besides the fact, again, he's living the Word of God? Well, the other powerful and important message, and you hear the echo of it, of course, because Baruch says something very similar. John quotes Isaiah, and what does he say? Well, the mountains have to fall, <laughs> and the valleys have to be filled if we're really going to make the way for the one who really matters. Well, he ain't talking geography and physicality. <laughs> uh, no, what he's really speaking about, and he says it, he calls people to a baptism of repentance. That's the way you knock down the mountains and you fill in the valleys. What do we repent of? Well, the mountains of pride, of greed, of lust, of, of utilitarianism, and all the other isms that we tend to follow in our practical daily lives. <laughs> to knock them down is to repent of them, to, to make the way for the Lord by getting rid of the selfishness, self-concern, self-preoccupation, etc. Whatever the sins are that are big in our lives, doesn't necessarily mean they're grievous sins, but they're constant. They're, they're just repetitive all day long. Well, those are mountains. They may not be huge ones in some sense, but personally, they may be very big. Well, to confess them, to repent of them is very important. It's so important that every Mass, that's how we begin. We did it wonderfully today, clarifying very clearly what we need to repent of, huh? the thoughts, the words, the deeds, the omissions of our lives. Uh, that's how we prepare him for him. And how, what do we fill? The, the valleys. What are those valleys? Well, it's the valleys of negativism and it will never be good enough and, you know, um, just whatever. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm overwhelmed. It's, well, let's fill that in. 
What are you going to fill it in with? Well, the word of God and the promises of God. That this is all passing and you don't have to get hooked by it. You can be free. You can enter again into a way of life that is not dependent on what everybody else says and does. No, it's following Christ. That fills us in. That gives us real hope, a real way uh, through the maze of our lives. Even though uh, Lent is our primary penitential season, there is a penitential aspect to Advent as well, and we hear it clearly today. Uh, Oh, there's joy involved. That's another theme of of the day. But where's the joy coming from? What has become? We're coming out of exile. We're coming out again of the being shackled by, you know, all the things that are not really of God. And so we rejoice because God is merciful. God sends a Savior, and we only welcome a Savior if we know we need him. (laughs) So the joy comes in the fact that we need a Savior, but we got one. (laughs) And he really wants to continue to do in us what he's already begun. Uh, St. Paul mentions that in our second reading today, to grow even more strong in terms of our, again, holiness, our capacity, again, to welcome that we truly need him every day, all the time. Uh, There's joy in that, in that need for God. It frees us, again, of being too concerned about how well I'm doing. Well, that's nice, but the question is how God is doing. Let's piggyback with God. Let's, Let's let the Savior help us to take care of us much better than we can take care of ourselves. That takes humility. That takes a simplicity, a purity of heart. Well, John the Baptist shows us that. Uh, He gives us, again, a sense of what that looks like. Not that everybody has to run out into the desert and, you know, and holler for people to, to repent of their sins. No, but we can do it in our own little ways, little reminders. Let's be creatively subversive in announcing that what we really need today, uh, I saw this, uh, I keep seeing this little thing about the holidays begin at such and such, you know, a mall. <laughs> and you see the, the packages, you know. Well, all we have to do to tell people, no, 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 uh, the, the holy days begin with Jesus and it ends with Jesus and not with any gift giving. It's just that simple. <laughs> so let us really be centered in this Advent on true preparation for the one who is always coming.